literally, at one point, he literally falls out of the sky, and that's how he failed upward. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Nerds for Hire. My name is Josh, and I'm here with my friend Danny, and today... Have we got an episode for you? We are talking both Love, Death, and Robots, which sees its second season come out on Netflix this Friday. Woohoo! Um, which, as of the time of this recording, is um, tomorrow. Actually, I'm very excited for this. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about it for next week. For, yeah, um, I uh, I believe I turned you on to this show, Daniel. Um, um, so, so I or had you had. A, heard about it already i was definitely aware of it so when it came out i was like oh maybe i'll watch that and then i forgot about it and then Mm -hmm. i had a couple friends who watched it and were like it's a mixed bag um but and so you and this podcast was really kind of like okay we should watch this and do an episode and i'm glad i did because though it is very much a mixed bag Mm -hmm. when it hits it really hits. Yeah, I have a tr- I have trouble calling it a mixed bag purely because the the highs are ridiculously the high. The highs are very high. But the but the lows aren't very low. Yeah. Like that's the thing is like yeah. we, we so in this episode we're going to you're going to see us rank um the episodes as um uh on a scale of out, uh we have three categories: outstanding, um good/like slash like, passable solid um and then the like ones we call meh like these are these are these are probably good but like in in comparison to the other ones they or uh, or as far as i considered it they all had one fatal flaw really in terms of narrative or maybe i didn't like the animation or something like that so yeah so um Something that yeah, made so them I would, not the, seem up to the standard that the rest of the show sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, that's the reason I, I struggle to call it a mixed bag, purely because, mm-hmm. like, the highs are ridiculously high, but the lows aren't that low. Like, I'll, I'll, for example, I'll name one right off the, right off the bat. Like, uh, When the Yogurt Took Over is on my meh list. Um, however, it's not a bad one. Like there's mm-hmm. definitely like there's definitely like there's probably pitfalls that you're gonna point out later with it. Um, I mean, I I really like that one. So oh okay, not so one, maybe not. But... Um, it's on my met list. There's a reason it's on my on that list as opposed to the other ones for mm-hmm. me. Um, but like there are some definitely like solid themes when it comes to it. Um, it's a it's a solid like Danny. It's probably not on Daniel's um met list. It's a, met list is a hard thing to say continuously. Um. I don't want to say bad though. I don't know. What <laughs> no, yeah, about. it's um, it's meh. Um, yeah. So uh, that's just an example. There's a couple others that for the same for the same thing. Like they're not bad. They're just kind of. There are a couple here that I do to... think are kind of bad. Uh, either in that they don't really have anything to say, or that they kind of let their own narrative premise down but yeah okay so the biggest pitfall i would give any of them is they don't have anything to say yes um oh shoot i don't i don't have seven on my list i have (laughs) daniel and i were talking before this about how many we had in our met list and daniel has eight and i thought i had seven turns out i have six because i had one of the episodes listed twice apparently that's 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 how met it is is because i i 
I saw it and I was like, no, it's it's more meh than this. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought there were too many episodes there for a second. Um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a. I don't know. That's the biggest one I could give it. That like there's mm-hmm. at least there's at least two of them that like. I don't know. They they fall like the animation is good. And I mm-hmm. think they work in their own merit, but they don't have anything really that like w- with a show that like all the episode, a lot of the episodes have like some deep message or some like huge plot thing that they are um, like there's one episode I'm thinking of right now that like the it doesn't really have like a moral of the story or anything mm-hmm. to say. Right. It's that the world building that they set up is so phenomenal Mm-hmm. Um, that they, um, that it, like it, the last like five seconds saves the entirety. Like, not that the rest of it's bad. The rest of it's really good. It's that the last like five seconds of the of the episode hold the entirety of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I know which one you're talking about. Um, or uh, I might know which one you're talking about. You, yeah, and you might. We've definitely talked about it before. Um, it's one of my favorite anyway. episodes. But yeah, so my suggestion, Daniel, or actually, you know what? How do you want to go through this? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it up to you. I thought, um, I thought we should go list by list, um, reverse order. You want to start with yeah, Mad start Kid start with Matt, start with Matt, and then get better. Um, and okay. then I'll so I'll read through my Mad list, and then you okay. can uh, go through overlap, um, yeah. and so on and so forth. Uh, I'll just, for now, I'll just read through it, and then you can mm-hmm. say the ones you overlap, add any that you might have missed, and yep. then and then we can talk about the ones that we have in common, or, or so on and so forth. Yeah. These are all the things we have to discuss on the podcast, guys, because we're not rich enough to have a producer yet, so... Correct. Um, we, we're... And we, we suck And we're forth, forgetful. Forth yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Probably something we should have talked about before. Anyway. That's okay. Uh, so for Matt, my list is three robots, uh, Ice oh, Age, really? yeah, The Secret War, Sucker of Souls, Suits, The Dump, Shapeshifters, Lucky Thirteen, and Blind Spot. Can you read your list one more time? Yeah, I can. I just, I just want to. There's some. You have some on there that really surprised me. Go ahead yeah, and read. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll uh, wrap some words around them this time through. Uh, so three robots. Uh, this is okay. a solid little funny episode, except mm-hmm. I feel like it doesn't really kind of go anywhere. Like the payoff doesn't really land, um, yeah. and I don't find it to be that entertaining. Um, okay. Ice Age. Again, I really like the concept, but oh. it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, and I also don't like that it's the only one that has actors in it. Um, that seems weird to me. Uh, The Secret War, I just really find this one to be... Can I just point out, though, however, that, like, I really, I really buy Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Topher Grace as a couple. Oh, yeah, no, their, Uh, their dynamic is great. Like... (laughs) I don't know why, like, as soon as I saw that, like, I was like, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll immediately cast them in my next sitcom pilot for FX or whatever. But, um, 
interesting no, I, choice I for a network to... to hold a sitcom, but okay. No, uh, well, okay, FXX. I'm old school, where FX had all the shows. You know, a You're the Worst, or a Man Seeking Woman, that type of show. Gotcha, okay. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, The Secret War, mm-hmm. I, I just really don't like this one. It doesn't really yeah, I think do I anything for that. me. Yeah. Um, Sucker of Souls... Trying to remember exactly which this, ones. That's the are. one that that one surprises me. Um, yeah, I I liked it. I think a little bit better than the other time I watched it, but it still seems like the narrative doesn't really go anywhere. Like it doesn't really have any kind of point or insight to make um, mm-hmm. that leaves me remembering it. Uh, Suits was very almost in the solid category. Uh, we'll probably talk about that one later. Uh, The Dump is is bad. The Dump is a bad episode. Um, yeah, I don't know if I would say, if, if I would describe it as a bad episode, but it's I mean, also I would, in mine. I, well, I know, you just said that. I, I don't think the characters are good. I don't think it does anything with its, like, sci-fi-ness. Uh, and I don't think... It's very enjoyable. Um, mm. I also have shapeshifters on here. I this is okay, but I this and this is a personal thing. I really, really do not like almost all narratives that involve military and like soldiers and whatnot. And so yeah. anything that's like set in that world is just not gonna be something that I like. Um, pretty much guaranteed. How do you feel about Saving Private Ryan? I don't hate Saving Private Ryan because it's more... There's a, Okay, so there's a distinction between, like, war movies and military, if that gotcha. makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. like, military is, like, The Hurt Locker or uh, that one Black episode Hawk of now. Black Mirror. I haven't seen that, but probably... And then you've got, like, war movies, Bridge Over the River Kwai, um, Saving Private Ryan, which I'm definitely, like, more mixed about. Sometimes I really like them, sometimes I don't mm-hmm. love them. Um, but it's it's really that kind of military, especially, like, Afghan, uh, Iraq War era militarization that I just really, like, have yet to find much enjoyment in. So, yeah, I don't have this one. I want to talk more about this one in a bit when we, when we yeah. when I when I get to it on my list um because and I have then, I have a little bit of a rebuttal to that, but continue. Yeah, that's fine. Uh like I said, it's not a bad episode. I wouldn't describe that as a bad episode. That's just one I don't yeah, yeah, like I, very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then Lucky 13, uh, this is a solid episode, but it's just a lot of action. Um, which, as we all know, I'm not a big fan of action. Um, yeah. and then Blind Spot. Boy, I I really can't find much to enjoy about this one. Uh, <laughs> Blind Spot is one that even right after I watch it, I feel like I've forgotten it, and just like it just immediately like slips my mind. So, uh, so that's my list. What is your list? Uh, hold on. Okay. Hold on. I might I might be able to illustrate your point here for a moment. Which episode is Blind Spot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It's, according to IMDb, a gang of cyborg thieves stage a high-speed right, right, heist right, 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 right. of okay. a heavenly armed convoy. Um, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah that that one is on my list as, as well. Yeah. Okay, I you said that, and I knew it was on my list. I could not remember what episode it was. Um, so, yeah, yeah, my list, um, I'm just going to run through it, and then I'll, I'll double back. Uh, mm-hmm. Blind Spot, Alternate History... Uh, when the yogurt took over the dump the witness lucky 13 and ice age uh, my list does have seven on it i forgot about ice age entirely because i could not decide where i wanted to put it mm-hmm. um because parts of it i again parts of it i really like yeah. um i do enjoy i, the I think mix between animated and live action as opposed i think to Daniel. ice age I, just, I think ice age is one of the episodes of this collection that has the most potential that mm. doesn't pay that off which is also are, kind of frustrating there are two episodes i feel like fit into that category for me the first one is ice age because again yes there there's something it's it's like it's building to something but it never mm-hmm. actually makes it there the mm-hmm. other one is lucky 13 where lucky 13 is the i could definitely the, see that pro, yeah pro, so like the, the uh i don't know if we've talked about this we we've this isn't the first time we've covered Love, Death, and the Robots. You've heard us talk about the infamous set of episodes that we never release. <laughs> um, at this point, I no longer have these episodes, so there's, like, no way to oh, release okay. them. Um, well, I might I might have some of them. Um, uh, remember, I got a new computer, so I, like, mm-hmm. some of the files got mixed up, and some might be on my Google Drive, I forget, or on a flash drive somewhere. Um, but anyway... That's okay. Uh, We're not gonna, they're not going to see the light of day. Yeah, but so I think yeah. we talked about in this... Um, the. Uh, the difference between like long form narrative and short stories and the mm-hmm. benefit of the thing about short stories is that you have to give, you have to give everything about the world and the story in that period of time so that everything makes sense. And these two stories I feel like would benefit from a little bit more world building. Um, they, I mean, I think I, I think ice age, I think ice age, Sorry, go. Lucky 13, I just feel like, needs more. Like, Lucky 13 mm-hmm. is not a story I feel like fits into um, that. Like, I get what it's doing, but, like, I need... Yeah, it does feel rushed. Yeah. I needed more from mm-hmm. the universe to, like, back up what mm-hmm. was happening. Um, yeah. it, fe- it, it, feels like cli- it feels like clips from a film as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, its own uh, encapsulated thing. Ice yeah. Age, I wanted, like, again, I wanted more. Like, it, it restarts the story at the end, or, like, the, the loop, the time loop that the fridge is stuck in. Um, yeah, but, so I wanted, but what does that mean? Like, that's what what, I'm saying. How, does that, that, how does that affect the couple's life? How does that, exactly? Yeah, yeah. that's, I want yeah. more from right. that. I want to, I want to see how that, not necessarily ends but continues um and i also want to see how the couple's life intersects with the fridge mm-hmm. like i know i complained about it being the mix of animated and live action but if you're gonna do that go for it and yeah, like they do a it, story they do it, they do it once uh, or they do it twice yeah um but to very they're comedic moments and they don't do a lot like they don't do a lot for the like world building. Like the two moments are like when um, when Topher Grace muses that like, oh, I wonder what they're thinking seeing these two people yeah. like, staring down, and it's just the two guys going like, what are these jokers looking at? Um, yeah. 
uh, which like, is, uh, again, not. I want to. I want to uh, go back to the uh, heads in the sky episode of Rick and Morty. Like we would mm-hmm. not be thinking, what are these two jokers looking at? We our world would be flipped upside down, right? Um, and yeah. uh, uh, but it's 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 not unlike kind of like a Ray Bradbury story where you've got yeah. like a, something like the Velt, where you've got like this strange realm that's existing parallel to a hu- uh, like a normal realm kind of mm-hmm. and so those stories to work and a lot of them do work is you need to do more with the interaction how does one relate uh... to or impact the other and we don't see enough of the fridge world to think about how they're perceiving the other as gods or or not and we don't see enough of the other world to see how this fridge cycling uh, affects their life. Have you seen this show, or have you heard of the show The Orville, Daniel? I've heard of it. I haven't um, watched it. This is the show, this was the show, um, excuse me, that um, Seth MacFarlane started. Originally, it was supposed to be, I have a point to this, I promise. Originally, it was mm-hmm. supposed to be a um, parody of, like, Star Trek and stuff, and it ended up being... Uh, I think because uh, Star Trek and Star Trek Discovery and the Orville premiered in the same, like literally in the same month within like a week of each other. Um, this show has been known to start. Uh, if you, th- this, this show is often known to start current Star Trek fans as being more Star Trek than the current running Star Trek shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it has become a very serious um, like sci-fi show uh, uh-huh. with a, so, but anyway, there's an episode, and I'm trying to find it right now. Um, I thought it was season two, but it might be season one, where um, we meet um, uh, a planet that exists in two different universes. One with a uh, so every in like in its orbit, half its orbit exists in another universe where time moves faster. Um, and so, like, every couple of hours, okay. it zips back into our universe, and it's, like, hundreds of years later for them. That's, but only, that's like, a, a couple very of hours. strange idea. Hold on. Um, I mean, I love it, but that's why. Yeah, so yeah. Um, at one point, they, they go down to the planet, and um, uh, very early on, when it would be, like, their dark ages, and a, a girl trips, and the, like, uh, commander, the, like, second in charge... Uh, uses their like now future their current future technology to mm-hmm. heal the girl's head and she becomes revered as like like over the over the course of the episode as hundreds of years pass for this planet you start to see a, 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 a religion develop around Kelly yeah yeah and Kellyism and so like mm-hmm. hundreds of years pass and thousands of years pass and like we get to see the intersection of that where like Kellyism starts to take on like a very ca- like Catholic church mentality mm-hmm. of like they start to control everything and and mm-hmm. her the like not god like regular humans go like you get to see the implications of this and how it butts yeah, up yeah. against reality and stuff like that and so um I think when when we're talking about ice age and how we want to see this like other world intersect yeah. with ours more that's what yeah. I think about um uh, if you're interested, um, 
it's season one. It, it, it's it's the Orville season one. I can't remember. Uh, oh oh, Mad Idolatry. Um, it's it's season one up ep- or season one episode twelve. Um, and then of, I think I think the, the Orville, dump. Sorry. Of the Orville, yeah, yeah. If you're interested in seeing like a story like the Ice Age episode um, play out um, like we actually want it to, um, yeah, the dump. I um, I think that was the other one that we agreed on in the mech. Yeah, the dump. Um, yeah, yeah, and Blind Spot, but we've already talked about Blind Spot. We've already the dump. Of, yeah, there's nothing more to say about Blind Spot. It's that bland. It's just for which episode is it? No. I'm yeah, kidding. like uh, it's so impossibly forgettable. Yeah, um, the only thing I can say about it is that the voice acting was good. Um, <laughs> All right. But, like, yeah. Um, yeah, the dump, the, I liked the animation a lot. It's very detailed. Um, and there's this idea of, like, home is whatever you make it, kind of, um, that kind I, I kind of I like. Um, like, you, you, one person's idea of what home is doesn't necessarily, um, isn't, isn't everybody's idea of what home is um like throughout the episode you have other people like telling him like oh you need to move out um or you need to not live in a dump or whatever um but it doesn't really take that to its extreme the dog thing really isn't taken to its extreme um yeah they don't really there's like a lot of like loose hanging story threads that they don't and that's a good that's a good point because as we look through these episodes when they're good or at least when i think they're good is when they do take something to an extreme like they really do tease out the outer limits of a narrative and where they kind of fall short is where they don't get there yeah the benefit short stories are usually they're taking one or two ideas and they're taking them all the way to the end yeah at least when it comes to like science fiction or fantasy short stories yeah 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 uh which is the world in which we're living right Right. now um but i just uh, wanted to clarify because yeah yeah yeah, sorry Um, if, if i go read hemingway's in our time i'm not expecting him to take one idea to the outer limit of it necessarily yeah yeah so um, but anyway, and yeah, in this case, um, in this isolated case, yeah, it's you're taking one or two ideas and you're um, through the world that you've introduced, yeah. um, you're taking those ideas to their their natural conclusions. Mm-hmm. And what the dump does is it introduces a bunch of ideas, a lot of ideas, and then it doesn't really take it any doesn't of take them any anywhere. Of them anywhere. It kind of just yeah. states like this is what's happening, yeah. this is what happened, uh, the end. Yeah. Um, well put. And and that's kind of it. Um, yeah. When the ogre took over, another episode. Well, where let's I, let's uh, let's sidebar those because they're gonna come up here sh- shortly, and then we can talk about our differences in opinion. Okay. Okay. Um. So I think that that was all of the meh that we agreed on, right? Those yeah. four. Uh, lucky thirteen, ice age, the dump, and blind spot. The- the dump and blind spot yeah yeah okay so now i'll so i think we're gonna get uh as we go through the solid we're gonna get lots of our like differences and then we can talk about those differences yeah so um my list for solid is the day the yogurt took over which honestly i almost have in the quite good category like it's when when the yogurt took over when the yogurt took over sorry when the yogurt took over 
Um, and then beyond the Aquila Rift, I know you're gonna hate uh, me for that. Come on. Yeah, I've got I've got two. I think good reasons for why it's just barely short of the top you mean, tier. You mean you've got two subjective reasons? Yes, why of course they're subjective, <laughs> but they are the reasons that I'm going with. Okay. Uh, Fish Knight, uh, which okay, some yeah. people might have in the bottom category, but damn, I love the animation in that. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Helping Hand and Alternate Histories. Which so. one's help? Which one's helping? Helping Hand is the one uh, where the girl gets all gravity meets 127 oh. hours. Right. Yeah. I. Okay. There. I. There's a couple that I think I left off when I when I was doing it. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure what to put. Helping Hand is going to be in my mech category. Really. Uh, okay. Right now, I. I'm. My first well, we'll instinct to is to put that, it in so. meh. In meh. Um. So those are uh, those are my list. Actually, for you know solid. what? It's, it's not. It's going to be in my good category. Yeah, yeah. I have a reason why it's going to be in. Oh, shit. So that's my list. Uh, what's your list, and then we can talk about yeah. all of them that. Uh, uh, come yeah, up. my my um my list is Good Hunting, Sunny's Edge, Fish Night. Um, the animation is beautiful. Um, uh, the Secret War. I'm a sucker for just aliens fighting mm-hmm. dudes in the forest. Sure. Um, I think it ex- it's fine on its own merits. Three robots, um, I thought was I think it's just funny. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think it will. Uh, yeah, I, 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 three robots. I feel like is one of those things that like if we can't take it on its own merits, then what have we got? Like it's, I, I it's, should it's, also it's just humor. Like we should also note that. For whatever reason, Netflix has put these out in different orders, and so people don't watch them in the same order depending on your Netflix account. And yeah, three there robots. Is a pretty, there is a pretty general. There's like three different. Orders there's like three different around, orders. Yeah, but there's there's one. I think y- you and I, with the exception of one episode, have the same order. But what I wanted to say was that three robots is the first episode in the order that I watch it. And yeah. so it's a nice kind of appetizer, but it because of that it feels like it's not getting to the point. Yeah. See, Sunny's uh, Edge is my first one. Yeah, I think you have the order that exists on um, the IMDb page. I think is, so too. Which is really different than the order that they come for me. Yeah. Um, so three robots, uh, shapeshifters. Um, so this one, the reason why I have it... So first off, I think the animation's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I agree. I'm not really into uh, soldier stories. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I don't... It, it often comes off as propaganda. Um, uh, however, Which isn't these, inherently bad, but... It yeah, can be overly didactic. It's 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 yeah. grating a lot of the time. However, yeah, yeah, however, that's a good way of putting it. Um, the this story, especially the second time, this time I watched it through because um, and I I'm gonna relate it to a show that Daniel hasn't watched and probably isn't going to watch, and that's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, and there's this theme at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, when he's talking about 
um, there's a guy named Isaiah Bradley who uh, I'm going to spoil something for you, Daniel, because you're probably not going to watch okay. it. That's um, okay. There's a guy named Isaiah Bradley who was uh, he is a, a black man who was given a dose of the super 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 soldier serum, similar to Captain America, um, in around the Vietnam War. And then he did. They like released him in the Vietnam War. He did a bunch mm. of heroic things, and then the government basically disowned him, um, and like experimented on him, and didn't let his story get told. Um, and he becomes very jaded, and he becomes a major player in Sam Wilson's decision in the show whether or not to take on the role of Captain America, because that's kind of what the okay. show is about: is is him as a black man and ha- as. Um, him as a black man and comparing himself to Steve Rogers, whether like he doesn't have a superhero soldier serum. Um, Steve Rogers was kind of this like perfect all American kind of character. He's trying to decide whether or not he should take on this role. He initially decides not to. Mm -hmm. And then through the series of the show, he decides to take it on. I have a point here. I promise. Um, And Isaiah Bradley at one point tells him the government will never allow a black man to be captain America. Mm. Um, and Sam Wilson kind of bucks against this and goes, um, I like, yes, I'm black, but I'm also an American and I'm not going to let them tell me that I can't fight for like, this is my country just as much as as it is theirs. And I'm not going to let them tell me that I can't fight for my country. Mm hmm. And I relate that to shapeshifters because it it felt to me like there's a similar theme here of everyone in the army hates them, but at least with the, the friend, not the main guy, but the other one, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. That's okay. He has, he has the same mentality of like, they hate us, but I'm not going to let these, these people tell me I cannot fight for the country that Mm -hmm. I I live in. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it felt less like a soldier story and more like, um, to like, Obviously, it, they're not black. They're two white guys who are werewolves. So there's that. But it, like, <laughs> it felt it felt very similar to that in that, like, it's two yeah. people saying, bucking against that, saying, like, I'm not going to let them define what my values are and who I yeah. can and cannot fight for. Um, and so, um, and in- obviously, there's a point at the end where he decides that his values are not their values and he leaves. Um, he takes his buddy's corpse and he um, decides to leave the army. Um, I'm you're not sure what he does after that, but like he decides, um, yeah. which I also thought was kind of powerful. That like he's deciding, yeah, it's a good like, ending. It's a strong. This ending. is yeah. this is not your values are not my values. I'm not going to let you dictate what I can and cannot do. Yeah. Um, and so that's my reasons why I have it there. Um, Makes sense. The, anima- the animation is beautiful. The fight. The fight choreography I felt was really clear and well defined, um, especially mm-hmm. so like the most of the fight scenes in this film er, film episode take place in the dark mm-hmm. um, with werewolves. So like you're already steering into, into like you're not clear what they look like because you're not clear what they look like. It's hard to define what the fight choreography is and there's you you start to broach on what i call tr- what we might call transformers territory right uh where you have a bunch of ill-defined shapes just fighting yeah in the dark yeah. however yeah. they i feel like they did it really well yeah they do the, a good the job scene, with that this scene sure. felt very well illuminated um the other even though you never really see the other characters 
um, the other people they're fighting. What I mean is like you don't get their point of view really. Mm-hmm. It still feels kind of thought out. Like, yeah, yeah. Kind of you you get this. It's like, a oh, well made episode. It's just yeah. one I don't like very much. No, 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 and that's fine. I'm just describing yeah. why I I put it here. Sure, um, makes sense. Uh, their 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 relationship because it's like mm-hmm. it's um like a grandfather and a son. It's the old werewolf and the young werewolf. Right. Um, and you get like this kind of like father son or grandfather son kind of relationship, and you see that very clearly, even though you don't know who these people are. Yeah, and I so do want to talk. I it, that was well done. Yeah. I do want to talk about why I have when the yogurt took over and alternate histories higher than you do. Um, yeah, my last one is helping hand. Um, oh, helping uh, hand. the reason I the reason I put it here instead of in Matt is because I feel like it says a lot about like our desires to our desire to survive um, at kind of the exclusion of all else. Um, yeah, I think I actually think I think Helping Hand is kind of the perfect condensed short story. Like it has all of the pieces that it needs, nothing that it doesn't. It doesn't do yeah. a lot of world building or do anything grand and exciting uh, like a lot of these other episodes. It's very clearly woman stranded in space it has a very to build a fire by jack london vibe about it um yeah if you're familiar with that story or not it still has that vibe of just this someone trying the, to survive is, and yeah yeah this is what um gravity should have been uh yeah it should not have been any longer than what it was i i think um, i think uh yeah gravity could have easily been like a half hour um like uh, the opening the opening like 15 minutes and then like this for 20 minutes and then we go home um yeah the animation is gorgeous but, yeah it's it's kind of like the perfect little condensed story um, it's gravity and then I like how it's gravity like how, mixed with 127 hours and i would rather watch this than either of those movies yeah i do yeah. i like how um as someone who's been in one or two i obviously i have both my arms but i mean what i mean is like as someone who's been in like a couple like experiences where i've been like really badly hurt or mm-hmm. um uh or like nearly died um in in one or two experiences like i i i really i i, I gravitated towards the um she like gets back into the shuttle and then she's very she's like laughing again with her friend yeah um like going like oh i think i'm gonna need a hand um Mm -hmm. with getting home and i feel like that says a lot too of like how quick like one of the reasons why humans are the dominant like um anthropologically speaking one of the reasons why humans are the dominant species on the planet is because of how fast we bounce back from stuff like that happening yeah um like we we shrug there's uh there's the story there's this long-running sci-fi story on the internet called death world um, that basically, like, one of the key points is that, like, humans are, um, uh, like, impervious to all, just about everything that every other civilization in the universe has come yeah, up with. Yeah. Like, like, you have these other, like, uh, and, and yeah, um, I don't really have a point there. But, um, yeah, it, uh, 
we yeah we bounce back we we keep moving forward yeah. and we do what we can to survive um it's a good I, it's a good it's a good episode yeah um, uh, when so the yogurt I, took over daniel yeah i like when the yogurt took over because it's so weird yes like it's such an out there idea that feels like nothing else could have or would have come up with it like a lot of this show is high concept world building action all of that kind of thing but you do have these moments where they're just like we're gonna get weird with it and when the yogurt took over is the best of them and then relatedly i like alternate histories because kind of the core of science fiction is this what if question and rather than like treating it seriously alternate history says like what if a bunch of insane things happened like, mm. what if we just imagine possibilities that have no chance of actually having been the way that it works? Um, which yeah. I think is pretty delightful. Yeah, no, you're right. There is a... the um, Yeah, one of the principal ideas of science fiction is taking one, usually one or two things that could have been different. Right. Or could be different. And... and elevating them to something new or changing them entirely so in the case of like alternate history it's like what if squids had turned out to be the like what if squids had evolved faster than primate or early primates or mm-hmm. um i think the one that i think of right now off the top of my head is um uh the the book series or the film or the the tv show the expanse on amazon um, it's also a book series which postulates that like the reason why the universe is the way it is right now is because um, one guy accidentally created a f- uh, uh, something called the Epson Ep- Epstein drive, which is like a faster tr- way to travel through the solar system. Well, and and for all mankind and man in the high castle, like these are also yeah, no, they're all they're all like like what tweaks. if yeah, for all yeah. mankind is what if the germans had won world war ii for or sorry yeah. that's man in the high castle for all mankind is what if russia had landed on the moon first right um, yeah so yeah they're all like yeah. little little things that have changed to develop a story in the future like for all mankind follows it yeah know, it's kind of it's much, kind of the like, core of science fiction and i appreciate that this homage kind of pays i pays an extreme i appreciate idea. that this episode pays homage to that idea while also kind of poking fun at the absurdity of imagining such facts. Yeah, it's funny that you bring, that you bring that up, because Beyond the Aquila Rift does a similar... If you read the short... You haven't read the short story. I, I have read, read the, the short, short story. story. The short story actually does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it explains that, that change a little bit more. Like, the premise of the Beyond the Aquila Rift is that, like, we found alien technology that allows us to travel at faster than light, and that's kind of how we end up at the story that we end up at. Um, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So um, let's move on to our top list. You you said your solids, right? Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. uh, we, yeah. we have differences to discuss. We got to... We want to break down exactly why we have each of them that we have in the top. Uh, and yeah, my elsewhere. my list has become smaller a little bit. I, I moved the thing. Yeah. Where did I move? I forgot what I moved. Um, I moved? Oh, shape shift. So my my top category is just four titles: Sunny's Edge, 
The Witness, Same. Good Hunting, and Zima Blue. So say that list. Uh, say that list one more time. Yeah, Sunny's Edge. I just want to sink in. Uh-huh. The Witness, uh-huh. Good Hunting, and Zima Blue. Yeah, we only have one in common. That's yeah. That's funny. I I thought we would have more overlap. I um, also thought yeah. we would have more overlap. Yeah. Um, so my my list yeah. uh, before we get started is yeah is uh, Beyond the Aquila Rift. Um, sure. Which is it's a very good only, episode. Yeah. N- yeah. Not only is it one of my one of it's on. Not only is it on my outstanding list. It's probably one of my favorite. It's this one in Zima Blue uh, inspired me to go f- track down the book of science fiction that these are mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget who writes it, but like uh, they're both written by the same dude, um, and they're very good. The stories are very good. Zima Blue is almost word for word exactly what's in the show. Beyond the Akeel Rift deviates a little bit. Um, Zima Blue is my second one. The animation is gorgeous. The story is fucking phenomenal, um, and it's exactly as long as it should be. My four, my third is Sucker of Souls. Um, uh, I have this here. I agree with you. It doesn't really go anywhere. However, the reason I have this here is because it does a lot with very little. Yeah, it's um, quite entertaining. It, for for something that doesn't go anywhere, it's pretty enjoyable. Like, it's basically a series of, like, uh, storyboard drawings. Like, it's not... It's like colored storyboard drawings. Um and they build a world in a very sh- it's like one of the shorter episodes they build a world in a very short period of time all the characters feel very fleshed out um yeah uh yeah it has it has probably one of the best groups of characters of any episode yeah. here yeah and my fourth one is suits this is the one i was mm-hmm. referring to earlier as the yeah, one I know. that yeah yeah i, uh, I could tell builds the world in the last couple of seconds um which is my problem with it I think it. I, thought I think it. This, I, thought I think story, it's okay. I think it's an I, okay episode. Yeah. But I don't. For whatever reason, I don't particularly care about the characters involved in the action, and I care about them a mm. lot more once I know the circumstances of their world. Like, why is it just this bubble? How did they get there? Mm-hmm. Do they have any hope of anything? And so I wish that they'd done more with the world they revealed at the end rather than just, like, a a, a quick twist at the end. Um, it does almost redeem it for me. But yeah, it's I too little, I, see, thing it's is, too, is little I, too late for me. The thing is, I, I already liked it a lot, and then yeah. it got better. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like, it didn't have to redeem itself. I liked the characters a lot. Um, I felt engaged with the story. Uh, yeah, we disagreed because... about this one a year ago too. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. or definitely. I re- uh, I, remember. I remember. Yeah. Um, you and liked yeah, it. I, I didn't. Yeah, I I already felt engaged, and then it got better. Where I was like, I want more. Um, like I feel like a good short story leaves you wanting. Like it leaves you both satisfied. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. I I I think it leaves <laughs> a a good short story can leave like it either leaves you one of the one of them or both of them. Where um, it can leave you wanting more of the world, um, like a uh, like a like a film that's like just the perfect length that makes you mm-hmm. like leaves you wanting more, as opposed to uh-huh. oh I wish this had been shorter. 
um, or it uh, leaves you perfectly satisfied. This is one where I was like, I'm already satisfied, and now I want more. Um, I want to know. Okay. But I always, I'm always like that. Like a quiet, like I'll, I'll bring up a quiet place. Like my, I liked the quiet place. It was a good movie. I also like a quiet place. I'm more, exci- I'm excited for the sequel because all of the things I've been told is that like we get to learn more about the aliens, and I'm going, I want to know more about the aliens, and everyone else is going. Fuck the aliens. Yeah, yeah. I want to know more. I want to know where they came from. How'd they get to Earth? What, did they come on a ship? I hear they came on asteroids. Are they, like, interstellar cockroaches? Like, Uh I I want all that stuff. Like, all that world-building nonsense is what I love. It's one of the reasons I love Star Wars, because, like, the Mm world-building is so profound. Yeah. Um, And and So I guess that makes makes sense uh, why we have differing opinions on this episode, because... I care very little for those things. And, yeah. I mean, I I want... uh, Yeah, so... Yeah, as we've established, Daniel and I watch things differently for different reasons and tend to... Uh, well, actually, I was going to say we disagree more than we agree, but that's not true. We agree quite a bit. Um, it depends, yeah. Uh, but, like, in this case, we definitely disagree, but that's fine. Um, on just a few episodes, if you, we both if you, think Zima, we both think you had Zima put, Blue is one of the two best episodes here. So, if you had put Zima Blue as any lower, I might have stopped recording immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, Zima Blue, Zima Blue is a Zima Blue is a masterpiece. Uh, um, yeah. of of characters, of ideas, of animation. Like there's just nothing. It is it is nine minutes of utter perfection. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I do yeah. want to mention the witness because you had this in the meh category, and this was actually yeah. one of my favorite episodes this time around. Um, this is I one love. I str- oh, continue. I love the animation style. Mm-hmm. I, I love the animation of this episode. I love that it's, like, a little bit like Perfect Blue and a little bit like Memento in this way that you're, like, not really sure what reality is. And then at the end, it kind of feels like he witnessed her murder and she witnessed his murder, which I'm cool with just, like, not getting an explanation about and just going, like, cool, and then, like, moving on. Um, I like how much they pack into this story in a really short amount of time, uh-huh. but I really just love the, uh, sensual world. Like, there's, there's a sensory overload to this episode in the style, in the character, in the, um, stylized nature of the animation, and I just really like that. Yeah, I, so I'll, I'll preface it with this. The animation is phenomenal yeah um the the art style uh whoever whoever designed this episode should have gotten an emmy or some sort of recognition <laughs> for this um whoever did the show whoever was like the showrunner for the show yeah it's it's should unfortunate have had some that, recognition um, yeah maybe with season two there'll be a little more critical regard it it kind of flew under the radar but yeah. it's got a fan base like a lot of people are excited i mean it has a oh when season. it came when this show came yeah. out it was it was kind of a big thing um, yeah there was like a week there especially with the whole like uh 
like they did a they did a really good Netflix did a really good job of of uh not the marketing the iconography for the show yeah the the the, the like skull how the like the icons change every episode and it like they experimented with the viewing order and how that changed your perception of certain ep- like that mm-hmm. was all kind of genius yeah. Um, yeah. And so that that was really cool that they that they meant they did that. I I love anthology series stuff like this, um, or like Black Mirror Mirror or um, uh, uh, fuck yeah. Electric Dreams on Amazon is also really good. Um, Based on Philip K. Dick stories. Yeah. Um, I just was, have to mention that because I love Philip K. Dick. So yeah, no, they're Philip K. Dick stories. It's also uh, produced by Brian Cranston. Um, Oh, cool. Uh, so that was really cool as well. Who also has a starring role in one of the episodes. Anyway, um, the, the 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 I had more of an issue with this. I wanted an explanation. That's what yeah. I, I I could tell. I, I could tell as I was explaining it. I was like, oh, I know why you didn't like this. You I didn't, didn't like it I for the same reason that I did. Yeah, uh, I feel <laughs> we we have almost the opposite reactions to a couple of the like, um. Uh, yeah, I wanted, I want, like, 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 uh, uh, I'll compare this one to Sucker of Souls, um, because Sucker okay. of Souls is another one that, like, didn't go anywhere, um, and I felt like this one did the same thing, but, and, and you were, f- you wanted more from Sucker of Souls, and I didn't, and I wanted more from this, and you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I very much I wanted an explanation of what was going on. Um, I want to know where the story, where their 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 timelines converge. Um, like, because what it appears to me, if I'm gonna like, obviously they probably didn't think it through this much, but like, it appears like they have two timelines running convergent to one another. So I want to know where their timelines like intersect. Um, yeah. It's probably when they're at the like strip club thing. I don't know what to call it, sex club. Yeah, um, something like that. Whatever, like whatever that is. Um, so yeah, I I just wanted I want. It's another case of like I wanted more world building or I wanted more like explanation of the mm-hmm. of what I was seeing. Not that it was bad. Yeah. Like, it was really good. The animation was beautiful. Um, like I've said and. Um, the way the the way they animated nudity was interesting. Yeah. Um, like it wasn't like they like Aquila Rift is kind of like a uh, ultra realistic animation style, um, and there's yeah. also a lot of nudity in in that. But this was like a very stylized take and so I w- it was interesting yeah, to see how they it's dealt with it. Yeah, it's very much there. it's very much kind of like a art film aesthetic. Yeah. Um which I think is cool. Yeah, um, so uh but, I think uh, that's Yeah. I don't think I have any other Oh, Good Hunting. I really really liked Good Hunting this time around. Mm. I was kind of uh I I enjoyed it last time, but it was definitely somewhere in the middle. And this time it was one of my favorite episodes. I think it tells a lot of character and a lot of story in a short time, but I yeah. love the way it complicates our notions of colonialization and magic, uh, yeah. and this idea that the old magic is replaced with technology through colonialization, 
So this time yeah, through, this that is, was my second favorite episode. This is becoming a more popular narrative idea in the last couple of years. The idea that like, yeah, the world used to have magic in it, and the more um, reliant on technology we become, uh, the like ambient magic in the world. Um, and I has like dissipated. that it doesn't. It doesn't take the easy way out and just have him be like anti-technology. Like he adapts mm. to this world, he learns how to use it and utilize those things. So yeah, well, he mentions that his father yeah. wouldn't have. Right. Um, there's yeah. a there's a there's another story um, written by Neil Stevenson and another person whose name I forget um, called the the rise and fall of Dodo. Um, Dodo is an acronym, but I don't ask me to re- remember what it is right now. It's complicated and I can't remember it. Um, but it posits it's Neil Stevenson uh, wrote like Seven Eves and uh, uh, Cryptonomicon. Um, that's okay. I think that's the name of it. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> these are these are big books in in sci-fi literature at the moment. Anyway, um, but he uh, they posit in the book that like magic was a thing until photograph until photography start uh, became mm. a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this the same idea of like technology started to uh, surpass magic. Um, yeah. Once you could once you could start taking visual images of the world, the magic that like um, existed in the in the atmosphere dissipated. Anyway, um, it's a very good book. Uh, Do you have anything how- else to say about our Love, Death, and Robots episodes? <sighs> I think we covered it. Pretty much. Yeah, I would encourage anyone to track down uh, the guy who wrote Beyond the Aquila Rift and Zima Blue. His stories are really good. Oh, I did want to say the one reason that I think Aquila Rift barely falls short for me. Uh, I don't love... There's two things. I don't love the first five minutes. I think it takes a while to get moving as a story. And then I also, for whatever reason, don't love the animation like i understand like i appreciate it but Mm. i don't personally like it that much uh and so those things are the are the things that keep me just barely from keeping it in that putting it in that top group yeah i use very i almost did all the same it felt similar do you remember beowulf the like oh dude that movie's fucking horrible um this this the animation style felt like a more successful version of yeah. that where it's it's like it's very um c it's cg animation um it's all yeah. 3d models that are rendered ri- at a ridiculously high um yeah. uh uh rate i don't remember the word i'm going for right now yeah it's very um, impressive from a from an animation standpoint, I I went the opposite direction where I like marvel at it. A lot of people um, like really like this see. kind of animation, and I well, just it's not that I don't. It's not it's not that I love it. Like I don't think yeah. it fits a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, like I uh, like this should not have been the animation style for all of them. For example, like right. I like sure. that um, it was the, this hyper realist realism thing was only used for this one um yeah. and i really and the best think thing about be the used... show is variety yeah and i really think yeah. it should only be used for like things of this length um like it becomes tiring yeah. on the eyes like there's like a mm-hmm. there's like a uncanny valley thing that happens with your eyes when you're watching it um yeah but like 
if it's this long, your brain can kind of handle it easier, and then it, yeah, you, you become more in uh, enveloped in the story and less focused on the animation. But if it's longer, you have a chance to like escape that uncanny valley, and it becomes more yeah. difficult to figure out. Um, however, yeah, the thing that I oh my god, I loved the the relationships between characters in this. I loved the. Um, the design of it's a very and it's a very good reveal like of all the twists this one probably lands the best uh throughout the show so um the the twist was really good um the uh the the ideas it presents of like oh even if you were to go back to earth now it would not be the earth you remember kind of thing like oh yeah you're you're so far removed that like if you were to go back 600 years will have passed for everyone else there still yeah um uh they 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 do more of that idea in the short story where like they're um yeah they're like tens of thousands of years removed from everything on earth like they're Mm -hmm. way out there yeah. Um. And I, I think uh, the thing I loved the most about it was the design. Like I love the design of the ship. Like it looked they, the, his ship looks like a traditional NASA spaceship, but like retrofitted for something else. Um. Which I really like. It's cool. one of the reasons why I kind of liked um like Avatar, the Blue People Avatar, because mm-hmm. it felt very similar. It felt very the the design feels very grounded in reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good. Like, it's. It's good. It's good stuff. But like with added elements. Anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, since you mentioned it, I do have to say don't watch Beowulf. Yeah, like, don't watch Beowulf. It's it's genuinely one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like mm-hmm. read Beowulf. It's great. Do other that. things with your life. Do not watch the like 2007 Beowulf movie or whatever it was. I actually it's only horrific. watched like pieces it's of It's so Beowulf so bad because even even 13-year-old me knew that it wasn't a good movie. It's so bad. Um okay. like, I couldn't I couldn't get over the animation I'm, style. It's it's like, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. So, um, all right. So we're going to move on to a show that Daniel got me into. Um, yeah, we've already talked about the first part of this. We, we did our, uh, Bojack Horseman season one season seasons one and two episode a couple weeks ago. And then Um, he watched the rest of it. And then I watched the rest of it very quickly. Um, and, uh, was not nearly as depressed as Daniel thought I was going to be. So that's true. Um, so what uh, we're going to do is we're going to yeah. rank our seasons, uh, best to worst, or best to least good. Uh, there's not a worst season here. Um, and then we're also going to say our top five personal favorite episodes, and then the episodes, the top five episodes that we think are the best, uh, just from a story standpoint, an animation standpoint, whatever. Uh, we won't talk forever, but we'll talk for a while here. Uh just kind of we I mean, wanted I would, to i would venture to say that history points otherwise that well we we're gonna try to not forever. talk forever because i i am literally writing a dissertation that's partly about the greatness of bojack horseman so we're not gonna get to i'm sure it'll come up again in future podcasts today we're kind of focusing on these oh, kind yeah, of I've, I've rankings and been... whatnot 
I've already been considering um, rewatching it. Um, yeah. So. Um, but today we're just gonna kind of focus on these lists, uh, our ranking sense, um, as a way of kind of addressing the four seasons we didn't get to address the other time, um, and then also kind of moving on. So. Uh, yeah. So what are what is your ranking your season ranking list? Uh, best yeah. to worst. We'll go so, best to worst. Yeah, mine goes four, five, six, three, two, one. Um, so it's kind of uh, reverse reverse order. Um, and I'll I'll give short. I I wrote little short blurbs to try mm-hmm. to remind myself why I put this in here. So four was the most engaging season for me. It's the one where I either grabbed onto certain plot points the the most or. Um, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on the the podcast before. My brother and I have kind of a uh, uh, like a lot of uh, um, siblings. We hated each other when we were young, and the older we've gotten, the more we've uh, realized that uh, the other person is human, and we've gotten <laughs> to uh, enjoy each other's company more and more. Um, and so now I would genuinely call him like one of my friends at this point. Um, uh, I enjoy getting to talk to my brother. And so there's this, there's this arc with uh, Hollyhock that Bojack goes through and like realizing what it means to have like another and family I, member that he actually cares about. And I think it's pretty to... meaningful that the arc in season four is very much about Bojack's wrestling with fatherhood, mm-hmm. uh, his own his own bad experience with his parents as well as because he thinks Hollyhock is his daughter. Yeah. And we, as the audience also, I, at least I also thought that that was maybe probably the way that was going to go. There's a lot of parenthood themes throughout the show. Yeah. Obviously I don't feel like a father to my own brother. Um, I bring that up as, as no, no, but more of a, yeah. Budding relationship. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then I have, yeah. I, I had a, I actually did have a, uh, a grandparent who, um, kind of contradictory to Bojack. I, um, felt closer to when I was younger. Um, but she also started to kind of lose it as she got, got older and her beliefs didn't quite line up with mine. And so there was this idea of like, when you're arguing with them, you're not really arguing with them. Yeah. Um, or it's, it becomes very easy for them to accidentally bait you into like a disagreement when in actuality, like they're not necessarily trying to. Um, yeah. It's just kind of like it becomes very difficult to like reality becomes more of a fluid thing. Um, and uh, yeah. that that felt very engaging with me. And like this, this, this overwhelming desire to like just walk away but also another over like the emotional desire to just leave but then like the the desire to stay and help yeah they're both overwhelming and very confusing to deal with um and so um five uh had i thought daniel and i talking danny and i were talking about this beforehand that um five no episode misses um like they are all phenomenal episodes so five and and just you have a run in the middle that goes Amelia Earhart episode um free churro and then int interior sub uh mm. that like that three episode run 
is just completely perfect. Yeah. Like, it, as a cohesive whole, I, I have season five as my top season because I think that it is the show at its most, like, perfect form. Yeah. Like, all of the characters are in their spot. We've got Princess Carolyn really kind of dealing with the balance of her career and the family she's trying to have and the family she's trying to leave. Mm -hmm. We have Bojack at the end of his rope with his mother uh, and then dealing with the loss of that. We have Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter having split and are starting to find themselves. This is very much the season where all of the characters kind of find themselves. Todd also really kind of starts to deal with his asexuality in this season. And so we just have all of these characters coming to a better understanding of themselves in this season. Uh, so I'm going to be yeah. honest, you froze during most of that explanation. So I'm just going to nod oh. and say yes. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was a great make, explanation. It'll make sense, it'll make yeah. sense in there. Um, I, I'm reminded of, so, uh, do you remember any of my predictions? I, w I wish I'd written them down. Um, I mean, we can listen back to them. You, you made some good ones. Yeah. There were a couple that I remembered seeing as I, so like, I obviously Zach Braff, I knew I got, um, and I nailed it. Um, you I looked got it that. Up. No, but I guessed it beforehand. I oh, verified okay. my guess. Remember? I oh, guessed okay. it was Zach Braff and then I just couldn't wait for the answer. So I looked I gotcha. it up. I gotcha. Um, uh, and oh, fucking Daniel's frozen again. Um, so, so I'm just going to keep talking. Um, and are you there, Daniel? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you froze for a second. Um, I guess that Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter would um, get divorced. Mm -hmm. uh, I also guessed, I think that Diane was going to be come uh, content with something. I don't remember specifically what I said. Um, and I also guessed that Bojack was going to become like, he was going to have to like become content in like who he was or have some, he didn't really have a, like a realization. Um, yeah. Like I, I think said. your, I think your best guess was that Todd was going to become like a studio head or something. Uh, oh, yeah. it just didn't, it just didn't last. Uh, I, yeah. I had to kind of bite my tongue on that one when you said that. I was like, dude, you're super spot on. Also, yeah, and not. it's because Todd fails his way. I love that that becomes a theme, too. Like, Todd just failing his way upward repeatedly. But, uh, but in such a way that it doesn't, like, comment on privilege or comment on just, like... It's just a comment on the absurdity of our world. So, yeah, it's, it's literally yeah. just... Like, when he does it, he's not like a... Like a stereotypical white man failing his way upward. No. Uh, it's more he that, literally like, At one point, just, he literally falls out of the sky, and that's how he failed upward. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it's it's literally that they everyone in the universe just loves him so much that they want to give him... As everything. they should. Um, um, my, yeah, Todd is, Todd is such a, like, a loving character. It's kind of... We'll it talk kinda, more about... We'll talk more about Todd in the future. It's so, kind of cool. Well, it was kind of yeah. cool just because I know his his actor is uh, Aaron Paul. Paul, thank you. God damn. I and he would start with a P. I almost said Pinkman. And I was like, no, that's his character. <laughs> it's kind of cool to see him play Todd juxtaposed to the other characters I've seen him in, where like mm -hmm. I'm used to him being like 
either like I've seen him in Breaking Bad, obviously, and I've seen him in Need for Speed, where he's like the badass racer dude. And I kind of mm-hmm. like that in this, he's not that. He's just kind of like a soft little teddy bear who, like, yeah. At first, he starts to he just gets thrown around, um, and then he starts to take on a life of his own and realize more and more about himself. Um, and it's kind of a comment on like millennialisms, um, yeah. and this i this idea of that like in our wor- in our current world, we're spending so much of our time trying to just make it through that we spend very little time actually like learning who we are as people um, and who we are to ourselves. His important Todd business is getting neglected. Yeah. And so, um, and so, and and much of the show is that too, that like we're so wrapped up in, in our work or our, who we are to other people. We forget, we neglect who we are to ourselves and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so, it's just very it's it's just very emphasized with Todd. Um, yeah, for most of the show, and so yeah, uh, yeah, Todd's great. Um, my my second on. favorite season is oh, okay. season two, uh, which you had lower, and I think when you rewatch it, you'll have this season higher. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Seasons two and yeah. three, I didn't remember large portions of by the time I got yeah. to them, and so I yeah. judged seasons. season two based off like how i remembered feeling when i was watching it as opposed Mm -hmm. to what i actually remembered about the show yeah because i think season two is like the peak if the show has two modes of being like a rigorous examination of the anti-hero depression all these kind of like weighty topics Mm -hmm. those take the forefront in seasons four or five and the second half of six but the show also has another side where it's just kind of zany, wacky, fun, and, like, a comment on the absurdity of our world, the absurdity of media, and, like, that's where season two really shines. Um, and so that's why season two is my second favorite. My third favorite is season four, which you already mentioned. Uh, then I have season six. Um, I'm also a sucker for a good finale, but the there are there are some narrative issues with the later part of season six uh a couple things feel a little bit rushed um because they had to devote so much attention to bojack and his arc um i don't feel like we get as much with todd and his mom uh or judah and princess carolyn as we probably should mm-hmm. um so damn when judah and when judah and princess carolyn get together I I loved that. Um, I it was it yeah. was kind of the thing that you didn't realize you wanted to happen. It's growing on me. A lot of people loved it immediately, and it's taken me some time. But in rewatching the show since it ended, I realized that there really are like some decent hints toward that throughout. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't totally come out of left field. Uh, they did have that in mind long term. Yeah. Um, you can kind of start to pick up on the clues. Um, so that's made me appreciate it more. Um, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I really I really liked it. Um, it made sense and to then, me. Though, though by that point, the reason I have six so high is because I wrote this on my thing. I'm a sucker for a finale. Um, yeah. And so... Uh, the last four episodes of the show are like a perfect four-part finale. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Bojack kind of coming to grips with what he's done for the first time and not trying to run from it. And Diane making this realization that she can't, that Diane reminds me of, uh, Oh, what was the other character there? There are two people. She reminded me of the first one was Andy Dwyer from the, from Parks and Rec. And the other one was, I can't remember who it was. The reason being is they both, they, they, um, all three of these characters, the third one, I can't remember have a realization that who they wanted to be or not who they wanted to be, who they thought they should be. Yeah. Is not who they need to be. Yeah. Um, and Andy, it's with, uh, like he has this big moment where he's going, I like, I was supposed to be a rock star and, Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm playing for kids. It's this, Diane has this this kind of of, like, I was supposed to write the big, like I'm supposed to be revealing all these truths and stuff. And yeah, it's this kind of, it's this kind of millennial mode of like realizing that the thing you want or need is not like necessarily the thing that you thought it was. Um, so, Um, and then, uh, season three and season one finish out my list. So it goes five, two, four, six, three, one. Um, season three could be any, like all of these five, like everything other than season one, it's splitting hairs where they could be. It feels sacrilegious to have season three so low, but something a, has to be. Really, so, from the bottom, from the bottom up, it's one and then a five-way tie between five. Four, pretty, uh, two, it's three, pretty six. close. It's pretty uh, close. And this is not to say that season one is bad. It's not. And when I rewatch yeah. it each time, I like it more. But the, something has to be last. The and way in this I case, it, it's season yeah, one. The way I put it when I when I was trying to write down what I, something to remind myself why I had it as number one is that it's good, but it's not fully realized. Yeah, um, like they haven't and, yet hit on what makes the show great. So it's and it's, I think it's and I think that's a good thing because if you'd gone full like season three. We're throwing silent episodes at you. We're throwing all this stuff. Like, I don't know if that would work right off the bat. I love, I love the end of the silent episodes. <coughs> when we first did this, when we first did BoJack, I hadn't yet finished that episode. I was halfway through, and that moment at the, the end, the fish out of water. Yeah, the moment yeah. at the end when he presses the button and just goes, "Son of a bitch!" Yeah, <laughs> I laughed so hard. Um, because that's yeah. total. That's something I would do. Like I, I, I could literally see myself like this. This is really obvious to like press this button. Like it's, you had to have seen someone else do this, but he didn't. Yeah. And, and I would do that. Like just not realize that there was a button to talk through the entire time. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a brilliant show. Um, by the most well, liberal it's of episodes, all right. I'm kidding. <laughs> By the most liberal of estimates, there are like four or five not great episodes, and like seventy plus that are pretty outstanding. I think, mm-hmm. um, all of most of it, most of yeah. the seasons, um, yeah. So it's great, and uh, and so- every time I rewatch it, I'm glad that I did, and I do so- that almost annually. So let's move on to our favorite episodes. So we have two more categories. We have favorite episodes and best episodes. And the difference is one is subjective and one is as objective as we could try to be. 
Um, yeah. And so my favorite, my favorite episodes, and I'm just gonna go. You through have the list. quite, you have quite a bit of overlap between favorite and best, and I uh, don't. Almost all of mine are overlaps. Um, yeah. So my my overlaps are that's too much, man. Well, then let's let's 11. do this. Let's do this. Let's do. Let's do best episodes first, because we don't want to retread the same territory. Okay, best episodes. So, uh, these are in no yeah. particular order, by the way. Um, uh, Daniel and I have almost 100% overlap. We have, like, one episode that deviates. Yeah, we have four of the same. Uh, Time's Arrow, uh, season four, episode 11. This is uh, the kind of backstory on Bojack's mom. Free Churro, this is the funeral episode where Bojack... Uh, kind of train of thought deals with his mom's passing um the showstopper this is the um in in in, in typical fashion with bojack the penultimate episode is the darkest episode um bojack starts experiencing time slippage um due to his uh, prof- uh massive drug use um and alcoholism um yeah uh and it starts messing with his relationships with people um, the view from halfway down. This is the penultimate episode of season six, where he deals with the um, the deaths um, of all the people who have been closest to him, and how that affects him, and how he affected their deaths, um, mm-hmm. and how he might have brought on their deaths in some cases. Um, uh, this episode is kind of moderated in part by Zach Braff, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, it needs it needs it. Just yeah. those uh, tiny moments of humor are needed yeah. because uh, it's fucking rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really like, like if I were to rank <coughs> these, the, the view from halfway down, um, partially because it's probably, it's probably the most, um, genre esque episode of the whole show. Yeah. Would probably be pretty close for me to the top. Um, I, yeah. I love this episode. Yeah, everyone uh, does. I've yet to yeah. find a single person who's watched the show that doesn't appreciate the hell out of that episode. Yeah, um, and then that's too much, man. This is season three, episode eleven. This is the uh, death of Sarah Lynn. Um, uh, and then my runners up, which I should have said before the last two are the dog days are over. This is season five, episode two. This is diane's first episode after um the the most primary diane episode after getting divorced from uh peanut mr peanut butter where she goes to uh vietnam to kind of yeah it's a great episode learn more about her heritage and it's kind of um the episode is kind of framed as a um she's writing an article for uh girl crush about reasons to go to um, Vietnam or whatever, and uh, it's kind of framed that way. And then the last one is, uh, my last runner-up is Good Damage, which is um, Diane's um, realizing that uh, damage can be a plot, like you can learn (coughs) lessons from all these things. Yeah. And those lessons don't all necessarily have to point towards one thing. Like, like she has this moment of like, well, if, if, if I don't do, if I don't write this book of this memoir of myself or whatever, then what is all this damage for? And it's like, it's for life. It's to learn things you need to know to do other like life better. Um, and, and yeah. And then, uh, my best five have a lot of overlap. We, we have four of the five in common. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and one of them that you have was one of my... Uh, the the other one is an honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, um, but the top, uh, Times Arrow, uh, I just love how the entire season we've been pretty negative toward Beatrice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in a single stroke, we have so much more empathy for her and so much more empathy for the whole family situation and can, like, understand why it went sideways, why it went wrong, um, and really kind of just, like, understand the situation more. This is also coupled with the brilliant reveal of Hollyhock being his half-sister, uh, rather than his daughter. Um... There's a reason it's ranked, like, third on IMDb. It's just a masterpiece. Uh, then I have Escape from L.A. Uh, these aren't in order, any order, so I don't know why I said then. Um, but Escape from L.A., that's the one that I have different than on your list. Um, I Again, I think that this just... This really hits home for me because this was kind of the first moment when BoJack was the best show ever. Uh, like this, when I watched this, when it first came out, this was kind of the moment where it was like, oh, this show is special. Like before Fish Out of Water, before all of these other episodes that we've mentioned, this was kind of where in 25 minutes they managed something pretty incredible. Um, and so I think that's one of the best episodes. Um, Free Churro, as far as I'm concerned, the best episode of television that was made in the 2010s. Uh, the Showstopper, a brilliant callback to episodes like uh, The Drug Bender in Season 1, mm-hmm. as well as a hint forward to View from Halfway Down, uh, a brilliant music piece in the middle that also comes up in View from Halfway Down, which is, of course, my last episode. So, Time Zero, Escape from L.A., Free Churro, Showstopper, View from Halfway Down. My honorable mentions, That's Too Much Man, and Fish Out of Water. Yeah, Fish Out of Water was really good. Uh, I don't like Fish Out of Water that much, but I appreciate the artistry of it. Yeah, Fish Out of Water was kind of the first episode where I was like, okay, this is kind of a a trudge to get through, but I see the merit of it. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's more Uh, enjoyable on subsequent watches, I think, but... um, so what about your favorite I, episodes? I prefer the view from halfway down over Free Churro. Free Churro was really good, but I think Free Churro, and I'll have to rewatch it because Free Churro I think suffered from hype. Um, like I've heard nonstop about Free Churro since it came out that it was like amazing from not just you but from like a number of people, in and an, like these people ar- are not wrong articles online, and so I think when I saw it I was like this is really good. I don't know if it's the best episode I've ever seen. Like, the best oh, thing okay. I've ever seen, though. Um, yeah, yeah. The view from halfway down, I liked more. Okay. Um, That's could, fair. That could be preference. So, my favorite episodes are... Um, and one of these I have to explain, because I'm still working out whether or not I like this episode. Um, Hank After Dark, episode or season two, episode seven. That's Too Much Man. Uh, Free Churro, The Showstopper, View from Halfway Down. Four of those overlap with my best episodes. Yeah. Um, list. Uh, but talk and, about the one that doesn't. Yeah. So Hank After Dark. Uh, this is kind of the Me Too episode of BoJack. 
Um, it's the first. Though, it's the first Me Too episode. Yeah, this one though came out before the Me Too thing happened. Before Me Too, post Cosby. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this sees Diane kind of go head to head with uh, a guy named Hank the Hippopotamus. Hippopotamus. Yeah, I'm not gonna try it. Um, who, who it comes out uh, like there have been numerous lawsuits against him from women. <coughs> there have been numerous claims that he's been sexually assaulting women um, or or like uh, po- uh, trying to get them to do things for him um, or using their career as leverage and so on. And the so I'll speak, this episode is on. Oh, my God. I, I'm I'm train of thoughting this a little bit. Um the this episode is is hard and also hard for me to put here and also makes sense the the reason i i like this episode is because it doesn't have an easy end um mm-hmm. it, it kind of real worlds us just like bojack does a lot where it goes like yeah he sucks and this is awful and nothing is going to happen well and it's another episode like uh brat brat pew pew yeah, and uh, the Which gun was control on my, episode, uh, best episodes. Your long list for best episodes. Yeah. Um, and then the gun control episode. I can never remember which one that is. Um, okay. and the idea of like, yeah, this show's gonna go to places that other shows aren't, and just like that's just gonna be how it is. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, this episode, yeah, Diane goes to uh, goes against him, and there's a moment where essentially, like, she has to reconcile. Like, I, I, I'm either gonna spend my entire life trying to take down this one guy, or yeah. I'm gonna move on and just hope that he gets his comeuppance at some point. And that's a like, really knowing- hard tension and a really significant one to diane's character she's big on social justice and that's Mm -hmm. great but also realizes as i think a lot of people have myself included over the last year or so that being being really invested in social justice while also having almost no influence or power can really mess up your mental state can, like, really yeah. uh, deeply damage your sense of being in the world that you do operate in. And so I think that mm-hmm. this episode does really well at kind of, like, highlighting those tensions, as well as being, like, the first breaking point for her and Peanut Butter. This is kind of yeah. where they start uh, to fracture. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, and so that's why this is this episode is on my favorites list, because I think... It's it's a really dark episode. It's kind of one of the first ones where I was like I I struggled with it a little bit um, because it doesn't have a neat ending or anything. It just kind of ends with yeah. him still out there. Um, there is yeah. there isn't like a Henry Weinberg Weinstein. Like, wine, fuck me, um, Harvey. Weinstein. Harvey. You missed all of, you missed all I, of the name. I got wine. That's what I got right. Um, Harvey I mean, Weinstein. you got close enough that I knew exactly what you were talking about, but still. Uh, Harvey Weinberg Weinberg is like a, like George Clooners of... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, feels like something... Bread like, poop! 
Brad Poot. Yeah. Um, I love Brad I love, Poot. There's a moment at some point where they, they call him George Clooney and someone goes, do you mean George Clooney? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, it feels very much like a uh, like a Justin Roiland uh, just talking into a microphone. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, this one doesn't have it doesn't have like a, a wrap up, and it felt felt very real. Yeah. Um, and so I was I don't know that's why it's there, and I struggle with it still. Why like <laughs> excuse me if it should be there, um, but for now it is. Um, my top five uh, has a little bit less overlap. I do have Times Arrow and Free Churro mm-hmm. uh, on here as well. Um, and then I have three that aren't on the best of list. Uh, let's find out, which is probably just like my favorite episode for just like pure enjoyment. Yeah. Um, the game show episode from season two. It's just, I talked about it last time when we talked about this, so I won't talk about it more, but... It's just such a perfect encapsulation of fun and wackiness and everything that makes uh, BoJack so special as a mm-hmm. show on that kind of, like, zany, absurd side of things. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Chickens works similarly. I just really love the humor in Chickens. I just, I just really... Chickens just makes me very happy uh, as an episode. Uh, I love Meow Meow Fuzzy Face. I just love... Every time I watch this episode, I like it even more. Mm-hmm. And it's just become a favorite of mine. And then Xerox of a Xerox, uh, which I don't think gets enough credit. It, because... It was on my best episodes list at one point. And I yeah, like it. it gets credit. Because everything in that last four episodes of the season six are brilliant. So it gets credit in that way, as like this four-part finale kind of way. Mm. Um, But I really think this episode is brilliant for showing how Bojack did things right, he stuck to the script, he nailed the interview. Mm -hmm. And then his pride and his sense of wanting to be like fully loved by everybody messed it all up. And I think that this is just such a perfect encapsulation of the hypocrisy of so many celebrity apologies. The We see the toll that this is taking on his friends. And we see that kind of pathological desire to do it again that messed everything up. And I just think that, also, yeah. for uh, fun fact, the line Xerox of a Xerox also appears in Raphael Bob Waxberg's book of short stories, um, Someone Will Love You in All Your Damaged Glory, which is excellent, and everyone should read it. So, that yeah. is all I have to say about that. This is one of my two favorite shows, and I'm glad that I got you to watch it, and that we talked about it. Yeah, I, uh, I doubt I'll ever come around to... Arrested Development. Um, I mean, maybe, but I like, kind of agree at this point. I think not, you would have you would have tr- gotten there if you haven't. But yeah, I've tried a number okay. of times to get into it, and I, 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 I something about the humor just doesn't connect with me. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, what I was gonna say, I, I, the end of the show. was perfect 
Yes. And the reason I say it's perfect is because it doesn't ra- it wraps up the way human relationships wrap up. Yep. And it hit me in a way because this is something that I I've dealt with and a lot of people deal with, I guess. Um but especially in your 20s, you deal with this a lot, I feel, where people rapidly come into your life. They're there, they affect things very deeply for two three years maybe Mm -hmm. and then they're gone it's Um, this sense it's this sense that he says at the very end what if this is the last time we're ever going to see each other and as you get older and live life you realize that you have those moments and i've even started like recognizing them in the moment i had coffee with uh somebody who i i used to be at that church and now i'm not at that church anymore and I had coffee to just kind of make sure that, like, I didn't I didn't want to just, like, ghost them and just, mm-hmm. like, disappear completely. Uh, but even then, I was like, this might, this might be it. Yeah. Like, maybe I'll see this person again. We'll probably keep in touch somewhat. But, like, this might be it. And so, those moments are really kind of fragile and interesting. And I think they're really important to try and identify in the moment as well as after the fact. Yeah. It's Um, something that's really, yeah, it's it's something that's like, I don't know. It's very painful for me. I don't know why. Maybe I have abandonment issues. I don't know why no one's really abandoning me. Um, but like, it's some, it's something that like I, I've dealt with a lot in the last like four, five years because i yeah my by nature of who i am i tend to bounce around a lot to different mm-hmm. places um and so like i'll like i i remember in college thinking like i'll be friends with these people for the rest of my life and now right. i talk to very few of them and i remember like interning at a summer camp and being like i will be friends with these people for the rest of my life and there are like i'm friends with a couple of them and i still hang out with a couple of them every now and again mm-hmm. but like at this point like i live in california and they live in and one of them lives in montana and the other one lives in washington and yeah. the other people from the internship like i don't really talk to them anymore um uh and uh that like those realizations like every now and again i get very nostalgic for those period like um it's it's actually like a huge uh, part of my like anxiety and depression issues is it stems from like these relationships that I build uh, part yeah. of my like identity yeah. on and then once they're gone what do you what do you do Yeah, BoJack um, is really all about relationships. It's about the difficulty of building them in our modern world and about the necessity of them for facilitating change within ourselves. And yeah. so, with that, uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't have too much more to say on that. Yeah, um, this has been another episode of Nerds for Hire. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you next time. Have a great day. Nerds for Hire. Valiant effort.